Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Wicked Good Sports Talk, WickedGoodSportsTalk.com, and Wicked GST on Twitter. Number one sports talk from around the world. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. And part of the AE Radio Show Network. All right, so this is a wicked good sports talk uh, podcast here. Um, I'm Adi84. I'm here from uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, with us today, we have uh, Derek from uh, from Raleigh, North Carolina, correct? Yes, sir. And we got uh, Mike Smith from uh, L.A. Yes, sir. All right, so this is the episode one. This is the first uh, of the podcast series that we're going to be doing here with the uh, Adult Entertainment Radio Show. Um, and uh, basically what's going to happen is we're going to try to take perspectives of sports around the country from different people um, who are in different markets. And as you may know, listen out there, that there are several different opinions on the sports world, depending on what market you are from. Um, so first, let me introduce, uh, since this is the first show, these are the uh, first co-hosts we have on today. Uh, Derek Hefner from Raleigh, uh, North Carolina. Want to tell us a little about yourself? Well, uh, I mean, I've been uh, involved in sports, whether it's been, you know, coaching at local levels and or, uh, I mean, thankfully right here in Raleigh, we are uh, we have everything you can think of as sports. I mean, we're the kind of the East Coast College mecca with Duke and UNC, Wake Forest, uh, even as close as, you know, Maryland, UVA. So it gives us the uh, ability to see a lot of different perspectives uh, from the, at least the collegiate level. And then, of course, we have professional teams, Carolina Hurricanes, Charlotte Bobcats. Um, and so uh, I try to soak, um, soak up as much as possible of the sports around here since I'm a big sports fanatic myself. So Now, are you currently doing any uh, blogging or have any uh, websites that you run and whatnot? No, not right now. I had in the past. I uh, just kind of broke away just, you know, you know, being so busy with uh, with work, so I kind of backed off. But I'm trying to get back in it now. Nice, nice. And uh, Mike from uh, LA, want to tell us a little about yourself? Uh, originally from Chicago. Uh, all Chicago teams are, you know, good with me, except for the Cubs, of course. Uh, hate the Cubs. White Sox till I die. Um, diehard fan. Uh, college teams aren't much to talk about, but I can still talk about them. Big sports fanatic, and I run uh, the 2 a.m. Sports Burrito and uh, the Sport Retort dot uh, com or 2 a.m. Sports Burrito is what you can find on uh, Facebook. All right, so all right, great. So uh, no allegiance, no allegiance to LA sports. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now, is that a is that a World Baseball Classic hat you got going on? It is. Oh, I was gonna say. All right, go Israel. They're not even in it, but it's fine. <laughs> hey, you never know. Right? It's it's a collector's uh, item more than anything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the World Baseball Classic to me is one of those. Uh, we'll, actually, we'll start talking about that. Considering that it started today, um, two games have already been finished. Uh, looks like Japan defeated Brazil five to three, mm-hmm. and uh, the Netherlands beat Korea five nothing. So, and I guess there's one more game today, uh, tonight at ten thirty uh, Eastern time. It's uh, Cuba at Brazil. Is uh, no, what, what was that yesterday that Japan played Brazil? Or is it just maybe oh, all right, that was Friday's? All right, I'm a little confused. That was Brazil playing twice. Everyone from what I, I think it was today, or they had a game today. From what I what I read, I didn't see it, but you know what? I think they're playing in Japan. That's probably why. The time okay. So yeah, so that would make sense being tonight and having the score already exist. 
That's the thing. Uh, it's a World Baseball class. This is the, what, the third uh, third series that they have in, since they started back in, uh, I believe it was 06. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's it's becoming a start to pick up some uh, some pace around the country. At, at first, it's uh, around the world, I should say. At first, it seemed like it was, you know, very uh, North America and, you know, Latin America. And then the Asian Japan type countries started to get involved. But it seems like it's really now becoming competitive around uh, the rest of the world. Um, I don't know if, what's your opinion on that. It's it's the it's the it's coming off of how we had collegiate level playing in the Olympics and whatnot. And now this is like our actual time to shine, where our, we're letting our players go and play for whatever country they want. And it's just the most competitive aspect of of baseball that you can find because just like everybody says, oh, the World Series, you won the World Series, but the United States is the only one that holds the World Series. So it's not really the World Series. Exactly. So this is a great. It, it it essentially is the World Series. I think of it. Well, see, I mean, we're we're real lucky here because, uh, and it's not. I, I promise, it's not to brag, but uh, USA Baseball is really, literally, right down the street, about ten minutes here in Cary, North Carolina. Uh, that's where they play a lot of their games and, <clears throat> excuse me, in practice and everything. And so we do see some of the different um, world, te- real world teams coming in and playing in those games. And I mean, I know we're talking about baseball. Well, right now, I've had a big problem with the United States, you know, in every type of sport, talking about the world championship. And it's like you might have, let's just say, on, on any given uh, platform of sports, maybe five to ten different ethnic players, you know, from around the world in any given sport. So it's like that doesn't count. You know, I mean, I want to see stuff like what they're doing here uh, in baseball, and it's really world competition yeah. with other countries. Uh, and and I'm, I'm, I mean, there are some phenomenal, phenomenal uh, foreign players. I mean, in, in a lot of the sports, but especially in baseball. Yeah, I think it, it gives. I think it, it gives the opportunity of taking it out of the Olympics. Kind of lets it stand on its own, so it can actually be represented properly. Because uh, as any sport in the Olympics, it just gets mixed in. You're watching twenty something sports over the course of three weeks, and no one really has time to focus into one particular sport. Now, if the baseball is separating themselves from there and going on their own. Like you said, you get to see a lot of these players that you wouldn't ordinarily see. Uh, for countries that you didn't even think they had the baseball talent there, now you know, let's these ball clubs in the United States, which we got to say is the premier baseball area, um, at least more organized than anywhere else in the world, to allow to come here and to play. So you start getting people who from all around countries that you never thought, like uh, Western, uh, Eastern Europe, and uh, you know, yeah. uh, you know. Countries in the middle of nowhere that only get this chance once every three years to represent themselves for their country. Yeah, you have to look at the qualifiers too, because a lot of those teams aren't even represented. Like Australia has a team, you know, some of these other countries that you'd never even think would feel the team. You know, even though they got disqualified, uh, you know, through the qualifiers, semifinals, whatever, but they they're still fielding teams and and give it some time. Maybe you know, who knows? Australia might field a good team. Who knows? Well, you, you got to remember, baseball wasn't always big in Japan. I mean, it's something that's only happened in the last 30 years or so. Yeah. It's over time, it's just become a sport that they can play. I, Thank you, Bobby Valentine. Well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> Valentine he, goes... He made, it, he made it in the news, you know. He, he brought it to light. Good for him. Even though he sucks as a manager. Yeah, he... He's <laughs> going to stalk it on. That was a roughly year yeah, last year the in Boston. Bobby V, we don't talk about him in Boston, do we? <laughs> I, I I enjoyed Bobby V when he was uh, coaching the Mets because uh, I follow the uh, Mets in the National League level, um, and he was just very entertaining. But it, it didn't really hurt as much when he sucked over there. But now he comes to the town and he screws all this shit up. It actually makes it feel uh, 
it, it, you get a little solid taste in your mouth. For it. We're, and we were all excited in Boston when he first came in. Of course, yeah. <laughs> you know, he just came in and ruined your clubhouse completely. <laughs> oh, they got in and out. I mean, <laughs> we got Kevin Euculus playing for the New York Yankees now. Oh. So, so you know something he really. He's on my crazy. socks, man. I was, I was a big fan of Euc, and when they didn't pick him back up, I was really upset about it. I'm very surprised why they didn't, um, considering he averages a hole at third base. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, and he's a consistent hitter, and he gets on base a lot, and he's very good defensively. So that just kind of blew my mind why the the White Sox didn't like hold on to him, you know. And and I know it it wasn't even like it was for money; it was just seemed like they didn't have the space in the roster for him. Basically, we have like nine third basemen, and none of them are. Good. <laughs> well, if if you notice too, a lot because uh, I'm actually very good friends because um, he's here in North Carolina. But uh, Josh Hamilton is a good friend of mine, um, and I was actually I knew it was going to probably happen. But if you saw just you know besides Josh, there was a lot of uh, players moving you know to different you know teams, and I think it just shows uh, the the level of um, of competition that some of these teams that have always been on the talk of um, the potential playoffs and whatnot, but have been kind of hurting in the last few years, making big time moves, you know, cause I was hoping that he would stay with Texas. Um, but of course, you know, he wanted to kind of advance himself as an individual and, you know, kind of wanted to get with another big hitter in Pujols, you know, and uh, you know, I mean, good for him, uh, but he wanted, do, I, he wanted to do the LeBron move to Miami and you can't, and, and, and you can't knock that, you know, and I, and I do like the way, because uh, well, I'll talk about LeBron, you know, in the NBA yeah. segment. But, um, you know, I, I do like the way he did it because it was kind of like it was put out there. I'd like to stay with Texas if we can, you know, talk a deal. But I, I'm still open to looking. And, and the way he handled that, I think, shows a lot of character of, of any player who does that. I mean, a, a lot of flip-flopping and you're giving mi- mixed signals can kind of go bad, you know, for an individual player. But, um, but yeah, th- there was a lot of that, just the movement around within the MLB. Yeah, I think the days of players uh, staying on a team for uh, you know twenty years as is over in baseball. It's like you said, it's it's all about going to these markets where you think you have a possibility to win. And look at the uh, uh, Baltimore Orioles and the Washington Nationals, for example. These are two teams that really didn't have a dog in the fight for the last you know fifteen years. Yeah. The Nationals really never even had you know a sign of life, and then they start uh, you know building up their farm league, and then it starts mm-hmm. attracting you know big name players to come play for the team. Which is great for baseball because you know it, who wants to see the New York Yankees or you know the, the Boston Red Sox? Or, yeah, dominate. You know, yeah, domi- yeah. It, it's just not fun for the game. And when you see the Texas Rangers in the World Series two years in a row, or these uh, San Francisco Giants being uh, going to the World Series three times in ten years, that's amazing. Considering a team that you know in the eighties, in the, in the uh, excuse me, the nineties. Was you know had nothing going on. It's 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 amazing for baseball. I think I think it's very good for the team that these big players are actually going to start you know leaving where they were and you know mixing it up a little bit for the for the game. I have to say I'm pretty impressed because uh, again you know right down the street about uh, 20 minutes from here is uh, the Durham Bulls. Uh, they you know of course built the new stadium and all that and and it's really surprising because uh, I try to talk with a lot of the the different uh, executives uh, down there and. Of course, they can only give certain information, but how even at the farm league level uh, that they're trying to develop, you know, uh, just players and teams because Durham Bulls is, uh, I guess, in in conjunction or partially, 
don't know if owns the good word by uh, Tampa Bay. So they get a lot of the, the players from there, or they do a lot of trading through Durham Bulls to kind of, um, I guess you could say, grow or kind of, you know, help who they want to try to take in on the uh, on the professional level. So I mean, it, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty um, exciting to see how they kind of go and do. Uh, the, the development deals in, in certain things and incentive players to the uh, the the low uh, the level before you know the, the professionals. So, um. yeah, the, the farm system in baseball is probably the most uh, complex of the minor leagues of all the the professional sports. I think uh, you have uh, you know several levels that go down all the way into a rookie level that uh, they get these plays either at high school or, you know, second year of junior college or, you know, full four-year uh, college. And these players, they what they do is they shape them and they groom them. And they, they move them from all around the country and they play competitive baseball year-round. I mean, it's probably – baseball, I think, is probably the easiest sport to get into a professional because you get into the farm systems and there's so many. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to actually making the big level, it's probably one of the hardest to get up there because when you look at it, it's 30 teams. The roster is only 30-something people – uh, large and there's a lot of competition. Baseball players play a very, very long time, and they don't—they're not very injury prone. So it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's very. There's a lot of talent to choose from. That's—I think that's what I'm basically getting at. You know. Well, the the thing is, it, it is a dog eat dog world, and the good thing is, is that I I do respect the MLB because of how they have their their. Uh, infrastructure set up, you know, from the professional down to the different levels of farm leagues and how they uh, groom, groom and develop players, especially, you know, like you said, if they're looking at them from middle school, high school, you know, and kind of like the, the whole structure or even college, you know, how they're trying to, uh, from a business angle, trying to develop and try to make the, the biggest bang for their, for their buck, you know, and you can't hate on that. I mean, especially how it's set up. And the, 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 I think pitching is one of those those things where you need a lot of training too. I mean, it, you, if you can hit a ball, you can hit a ball. But to able to manufacture a pitch and get your you know mechanics down properly, it takes a lot of skill level and it takes a lot of you know competition to go through to make sure that you're able to play in the big leagues. I mean, if you look at the pitches nowadays, they they play baseball. They've been playing baseball since they were probably four or five years old. And you know, at that age, most of them know they're going to be a pitcher at one point. You know, it's very seldom you see a position player go from pitcher, you know, halfway through their career after you know in the college area. But I think baseball farm is uh is is definitely something that uh like we get a lot up there here in Boston. We get the uh, Pulton Sea Dogs, which is a double A facility for the Red Sox, and the uh, Lowell Spinners, which is a one A. And the Lowell Spinners actually play in the same uh, stadium as the uh, University of Massachusetts uh, Lowell plays. So they do a lot of games against each other. So you get these, they're pretty much college kids of people right out of college playing against each other. And it just, it's just really competitive and it's really fun to watch. I mean, baseball is one of those sports where it's, it's fun to watch in all levels because it's, it's competitive no matter what, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why, uh, I mean, there would be no reason for pitching coaches if there weren't better pitching coaches than other pitching coaches. And you know, that's, they develop that talent, and some of these teams that throw away talent that are hopeless, some of them pick them up. You know, like a Don Cooper, or Mazzoni, they pick them up and develop them and make them into a player that they wanted them to be in the first place. And now, you know, they're pitching against the team that drafted them, and now, you know, they're pitching how they were supposed to. And just just like you say, like, if you're a good pitcher, you should be able to pitch, right? No, it, it, it takes a lot of coaching. It really does. And um, so Derek, down in uh, North Carolina, what is the uh, the main baseball MLB team down there? Is it the Atlanta Braves? Does that really get you guys down there? Or? Um, I was getting ready to say it, it's uh, it's 
either them or it's uh, Washington. I mean, because we have, like I said, we have the uh, Durham Bulls, and then we have the Carolina Mudcats, which I think is I think it's 1A, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't gone to too many of their games. Um, but that's all we really have here for baseball. So the closest thing would be, I mean, Atlanta from Raleigh is about, uh, about five and a half hours away, and it's about the same, if not a little bit less, to D.C. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of a, a toss-up, you know, as yeah, far yeah. as that. And uh, how do you guys think with the – we'll talk a little bit more baseball real quick. We're just going to finish this up. Um, what do you think basically what it looks like this year for some of the teams in the, uh, the American and the National League? Um, now that they're doing that change of the schedule, there's going to be an interleague game every weekend now. And it makes teams that would play weaker divisions maybe patent their record a little bit. You know, and I understand they're going to alternate it each year and, you know, one That's, year. But. Yeah, no, just like when you're the Cubs and you say you have 40 wins last year, and it's like, okay, well, 13 of them came against the Pirates or came against, you know, the Astros. Like, yep. you, exactly, you're right. You, you padded those wins with teams that are just subpar. So moving them over, it might be dangerous because now you're going to see the Rangers and the Angels play the Astros a bunch. And – who knows? You know, like we're. I think we're going to see the Angels or the Rangers back in the World Series easily. Yeah, I, I think. I think it's 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 bad news for uh, any team in the American League with the Astros going over because <laughs> it's just going to help the American yeah. League West do that much better now. You know, it's and now, but the the best part about baseball is that you're seeing the changing of the guard where you saw the Phillies dominate in the mm -hmm. East and now. Look, all of a sudden the Nationals are, are coming up. Pittsburgh's got a great pitching staff. They're coming up. You know, Cincinnati, these teams that were in the gutter for 10 years, you know, now they're coming up. Uh, it's exciting. I, I really like this, you know, changing into this new era of teams that you didn't think had a chance now, you know, and smaller markets coming up. Well, I mean, you got to think about it, too, is that um, from a business level, and this, this is how I really got into sports is because, you know, I went to school for business management and all that. And the MLB is looking at, believe it or not, I mean, yes, you have to stay contained in your field, but they're looking at the other different sports um, uh, realms. And they're like, well, hold on, you know, we, we kind of want to maybe not copy, but some of those things we need to emulate to bring in, you know, more revenues, more monies. And how can we make it different? Because like you said, if you got a team, and this is in any sport, you got a team dominating for you know, let's say out of 10 years or dominating four to six, seven years out of, out of that, you know, decade, it gets kind of uh, stale. You know, I mean, people are like, oh, man, you like like the Yankees. I mean, I'm not knocking what the Yankees have built up over the decades and decades, but you want to see something different, you know. So they're trying to switch stuff up, which I have to respect. I mean, and, and they're trying to make it, you know, make it fun so that way they can uh, gain more traffic. Mm. Try to make it more like football. I mean, I think the NFL has the best uh, the, the best formula to work. They have a you know they mix yeah. up every team. You play a different team every year. You you're traveling back and forth. Uh, you and they they play the least amount of games, but they're the most interesting out of them because it's you never know what's going to happen. Any given Sunday could happen, and every team in the NFL for the most part is pretty damn even. Any Sunday a team could beat you know a team that's an underdog. And I think that's what baseball is trying to do with this, their model. So you can go to it's, it's 160 somewhat, 162 games a year, and most of the time, if you're in a third market team that's really bad, and it's it's August, you're having trouble filling those seats. And you know, you, if you went to, uh, let's for example, Tampa Bay 10 years ago in you know late August, you they're giving tickets away to go there. You know, the Marlins, teams like that. And I, I think what they want to do is, like you said, bring more people to the game by. You know, well, the New York Yankees are coming to town, you know, and they're only going to come to town once every three years. 
So let's take advantage of them coming to town. Let's make some revenue. And I think that's really going to bring baseball into a, uh, a more of a popularity. I mean, it's, it's America's sport. But... Do you think that that's what they did with Joe Flacco now? That is that where they set that contract? So it's like you're expected to love this team now because we just gave him the most money ever. Like, is that, a, is that for show? Because Joe Flacco is not a Peyton Manning. Joe Flacco is not the elite quarterback that you could take a bunch of garbage and still win because he's your quarterback. He's, he's a team guy. And you know, I, I've gone back and forth with that. Cause I've been keeping up a lot with that, you know, NFL and especially the NBA are my, you know, really my, my breadwinners for as far as knowledge. And I really think that in all fairness, it's a little bit of both meaning that it's what, it's what you're kind of pointing out, but it's also kind of like a good faith, Saying, okay, look, the guy, I mean, because granted, and I know everybody's going to, you know, probably boo me. I know we got the little sounds on here, but I, I, I do think that I agree. He's not a Peyton Manning, but I guarantee you, Joe Flacco will be in the Hall of Fame. I put money on it because he, because of what he's, of what he's won. He's got rings, you know, and that, even though he's not going out there throwing bullets and, you know, you, you could take, 10, 15 garbage players, and he can make them great, which I agree he cannot do. The thing is that you can't deny his stats and you cannot deny his rings. That's the only thing that I think will get him into the Hall of Fame. Well, just like just like when you saw the, the Kings in L.A. with hockey, they got hot at a certain point, and they, and they won. They, they united as a team, you know, eight seed, and they won the whole damn thing. Just like you see in baseball when teams get hot and whatnot, like they just – they unify – and that's great, whatever. You never see one driving force that's like, okay, that's why they made it where they made it. Flacco belongs to a team that got hot, and I believe that they just had so much momentum. Ray Lewis had a lot to do with that, and I think that giving him that contract is saying, you're our Peyton Manning, you are our centerpiece, you are the reason that we won the Super Bowl, which is garbage. That's not <laughs> the Super Bowl at all. Well, oh, no, and I'm not saying it's all it's Joe Flacco by any means. Not, He's not a Peyton Manning yeah. Colts 2006 won the Super Bowl because he was there. Yeah, but at the same time, if you take – because I look at Joe Flacco as this other person I'm going to mention, and I know people are going to laugh, but I look at Joe Flacco, um, even though he's got rings, yes, because he's been around a little bit longer, but I look at him no different than um, – oh, now I'm, I'm drawing a, a brain freeze. Um, the, the, the kid up in uh, New York, the, the, the Jets that just went down right. to Jacksonville. Oh, uh, Tebow? Yeah, Tebow. I ain't gonna lie to you. Tebow is not your typical quarterback, but what he had, he did have a charisma and he did have a sense of of uh, loyalty to team and how to get people involved. And everybody says, I mean, the, the the kid as far as your typical quarterbacks, you know, sucks or is very uh, peculiar because of course he's left handed. But the thing is, is that when he was down there at Denver, you know, he was he was throwing up stats and he was throwing up wins. I mean, how do you how do you deny that? So I think that's what Baltimore is doing is they're saying, hey, look, Lewis is retired now, so we we do have some salary because we're not paying. I think you know, it was I think it was a big upset that Lewis is gone, so they had to go upbeat with it. They had to make like some statement saying, hey, don't pay attention to Lewis getting out of here. Let's 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 focus on this guy who's the greatest in that he's not. Oh, that I'll agree with that. That they, they gave him more monies and they said, it's kind of like, you know, well, yes, there's nothing wrong with sitting on it, but if we sit on it and it ends up looking bad, then, you know, we're not showing that we have a lot of faith and in our God, quarterback, Joe Flacco, who just won a Super Bowl. They got Tebow produced, but for the most part, Tebow was a, a marketing strategy, really, essentially. Big That's time. I yes. feel like Flacco is now it's a marketing scheme saying, 
don't pay attention to Ray Lewis retiring. Let's focus on this guy, take all the attention off, and then they're not. I, I don't think they're going to go as far as this next. I, I can't take anything away from Baltimore. I mean, two years in a row they made it to the AFC Championship, uh, and mm-hmm. it, they were close games. And they play the they play the uh, the AFC very very tough every year. Um, what whether it's the team? I mean, hands down, Baltimore has one of the best defenses in the league. And we all know that defenses win yeah. Super Bowls, hands down. I mean, you could have an average yeah. quarterback in that work. But Flacco, I mean, he, he pulls these plays out of his ass, and he makes them look, you know, like 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 Tom Brady, Peyton Manning-ish, you know, at these big games. And, you know, I'm not taking anything away from him because these big guys, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, couldn't pull out in the big games this year. And Joe Flacco did. And like you said, they were riding a very hot streak. Baltimore Ravens were, you know, you know, uh, Lewis, yeah, Lewis is retiring. They just got hot at the right time, and it it, it, it everything worked out for their favor. Um, but is Joe Flacco a Hall of Famer? Well, let's see. Let's just it's just, what fifty. You put him in elite. If you name the top five quarterbacks in the league right now, do you put him in the elite top five? You almost have to, only yeah. for the fact that if you look at the AFC uh, quarterbacks in the last ten years. You've got Peyton Manning, you have Ben Roethlisberger, you yep. have Tom Brady, and now you have uh, Joe Flacco. And there's only and uh, who was the other? There was one more, I believe, for the AFC in the last. Uh, whoever was in the Oakland on uh, in 2003, um, Gannon was that Gannon? Jim Gannon. Uh, who the hell is quarterback? Gannon, which one no, was it was. Uh, I'm trying to remember the quarterback of Oakland in 2003, but he's the only other quarterback that for the AFC that. Represented the AFC in the last, you know, ten years. So I mean, when you look at it, 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 Joe Flacco, we'll see what happens next year without Ray Lewis. We'll see what happens if the momentum's still there going into the new season, um, and we'll see where he is in ten years into the league. I mean, who knows? You know, Tom Brady gets three Super Bowl wins, you know, the first four years of his uh, career, and he hasn't won one since. Now, if Joe Flacco goes out there and starts kicking some ass and wins a couple more Super Bowls. Then we have to start talking. Then, 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 then I think that that'll seal the deal. I mean, if that, if that that scenario happens, that'll seal the deal. If he wins like one or two more in the next, you know, I don't know, three, four, five years, and I think that would, even even though he's not your typical, you know, Peyton Manning, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, but the thing is, depending, I mean, it, there's something to show for it. I don't mean the guy sitting the bench, but there's got to be something to show for somebody who's got multiple rings in any sport. I mean, especially Definitely. if you. You know, and statistics. You got you got to balance it with statistics I'll, and rings. I'll, I'll put it out there right now. Rex Grossman got the Bears to the championship game in 2006. Rex Grossman is a terrible quarterback. That's true. Defense carried him, and it and you know what I mean. Imagine yeah. if they won that game. Imagine if the Bears win that 2006 uh, championship, and then you know the McCaskey family gives him 120 mil. Because they're like, he, no, no, you don't do it. You got carried. Joe Flacco, you're a good quarterback, but you're schematic. You are not an intelligent quarterback like like uh, like Peyton Manning or like uh, Tom Brady. You're not intelligent. You are schematic. You don't deserve that money. I'm sorry. You don't deserve it. And he, he actually he took advantage. He won a Super Bowl, and he had the uh, the cards were in his favor, and he played their uh, bluff. And he, I mean, picture winning a Super Bowl and knowing that you're an average quarterback. And knowing that you're not as good as, you know, the top five. But now you just won a Super Bowl for a city, you know, twice in 13 years, you know, since this, the franchise. You know, it's one of the youngest franchises, yeah. technically, you know, in football. And, uh, I mean, how do you not, you know, sit there and be like, oh, pay me. And okay, so tell me, so even just news speaking, 
who is the win in the Super Bowl bigger for Ray Lewis or Joe Flacco? Oh, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Flacco. Because oh, I mean, yeah. in the con, in the contract, in the con, in the contract speaks. I mean, speaks the volumes. Well, the contract aspect, absolutely. But like, when you think of the Super Bowl champions, do you think Joe Flacco or do you think Ray Lewis? Oh no, I definitely think Ray Lewis, especially since this was his retirement year. I mean, you know, I mean, and he put. I mean, he put on a show this year. I mean, good God. I mean. You know, all crying after the games. It was like a show. I mean, he's a nutcase, but he's an ex- he's a nutcase, but he's he's an excellent player. I mean, I can't take that yeah. away from him. Yeah, he definitely. This was definitely his year, and like you said, yeah, absolutely. When you look at it in, the, in a perspective for a team, who's the player that really stands out? It's Ray Lewis. It's the Baltimore defense. But individually, when you look at who who made out the best, it was definitely Joe Flacco. He took oh, advantage yeah. of this, of and yeah. you know, if you look at Joe Flacco's history, he's he's a man of taking advantage. I mean. He started off, uh, I believe, in what Pittsburgh playing uh, football out there. Then he transferred to University of Delaware his second year, and to get a starting role. And so he started in Division, I believe it's Division One A or Division Two, Delaware is. And uh, look at it, he made it to the pros. He's on a team that's was at, was already the team was already there before he even got there, you know. And he just kind of sealed the deal and used the quarterback. He was missing. He was just, they, Trent Dilfer was there though before him, right? I. Believe so. I'm trying to remember who was uh, in Baltimore. Prior. Was before, yeah, I want to uh, say it was. Yeah, big big shoes to fill though. And uh, but the team, you're right. The team was built. The team was at they at that point. Even when Dilfer was on there, they were saying this is the team of the future. And uh, if you didn't see it coming, you know. Well, here's a question for you now. Now look at Denver. Denver go makes it to the second round of the playoffs last year with Tim Tim Tebow. They beat Pittsburgh in overtime to make it to the second round. They get their asses handed to them by the New England Patriots, and that and it's the second round. But now you take an almost identical team that they had the year after, and you put in Peyton Manning. Now, when you look at it, did the quarterback really make that much of a difference? Well, okay, Peyton Manning got them to another level that they they were in. Okay, but if you if you remove the quarterback, some example, remove Tim Tebow, the team was already good. You know, can you say the same about the Baltimore Ravens? If you remove Joe Flacco and you put another, you know, average quarterback in there, will the team still win the Super Bowl? Last year, I think yes. In the future, maybe not. But last year, I think, I think, I think it's an insert player. I think you could. Here's what I'll go on record. Here's what I'll go on record is that, and, and I think it goes back to just a little bit ago what we said, in the next three or four or five years, if Baltimore with Joe Flacco wins um, at least one more or hopefully, you know, two more, I think then, then that will not only seal, but experience is something to speak for. I mean, because you, you could take, you know, especially if I'm a crappy quarterback, but I, I'm actually paying attention and I'm soaking in, you know, what I'm involved with, especially, you know, uh, playoff games or actual, you know, Super Bowl games, and I'm winning and I'm going, okay, you know, I need to better myself, but repeat patterns that are creating success, you know, and the things that you aren't doing well, do that better. If we see that from Joe Flacco, and, and even if it's a small movement and he's winning some Super Bowls, that, then I think that, that, that seals the deal. That seals the deal completely. But if, but if he stays where he's at now and he never wins another one, then you're, you're, we're going to be hard-pressed to say that, you know, yeah, he's got the rings, but he's a – you know, true Hall of Famer. You know, yeah. if Baltimore does not win another one, do we look at them as the you know, as as many teams that win one and then they disappear um, over the course of football? Not so much in this last decade, but prior to it. And uh, if they do win two or three more, then yeah, maybe they are uh, you know a dynasty football team. But it, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen next year. The defense is definitely so, yeah. Be and, and just like you brought up, like 
2003. You're talking about the Raiders and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, what happened after that? You Both know? teams fell off the map again. And it's, right? It happens. It happens. I think, I think the Ravens are traveling that same path. I, I, don't, I think that they're going to fight to get in next year. I think they barely miss it. Uh, you know. And only time can tell. That's the only thing. You have to sit out and wait next season for football, yeah. and, and it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting season next year, I think. But is, they, but know, they, oh, go ahead. I was going to say is, is now is Tebow definitely going to uh, Jacksonville? Is that a definite? Yeah. Um. Supposedly off the record. I mean, I've been doing a lot of like legitimate research, and it, it's still kind of in the works. But he's definitely going there. And but see the pro, see, man, T, Tebow is 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 straight up effed. I mean, he is because ever since he left Denver, which it was a marketing ploy, but the kid is got such a raw deal. He goes to you know New York Jets. They completely screw him over, and you know they were going to implement the uh, the the oh I don't know why I'm having brain troubles today. The 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 offense, the the Wildcat. Wildcat. They were gonna you know really 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 run the, run the Wildcat. And you know, include him more, and him and Sanchez. Of course, it was you know Sanchez's team, but they were really going to work, you know, uh, coincide, you know, to really bring it the team to the next level. And then they sit the kid on the bench. I mean, and like he's sitting there watching, and they run him like he was know. a light under Sanchez's ass. That's all he was. He was now, a you, he was a hey, I'm going to move on if you if you're not going to produce Sanchez, do you know? And I'm serious about it, kind of marketing or like a ploy to get him to produce. Now, do you think the reason that they, Tebow wasn't used. Was Rex uh, Rex Ryan's reasoning like he didn't feel that the Wildcat was something to be done? Because it seems to me they they had up at management brought brought in Tebow to be you know the Wildcat guy to, to bring in some seats to the you know, fill some seats in the stadium. But it seems when it break down, it was Rex Grossman that wasn't using him. He did not think he was a good quarterback. And well, you, didn't, you didn't hear you didn't hear a ton of animosity between the two sides saying I want him to play, I don't want him to play. It it seemed almost too calm. Where they were both secretly handshaking, saying, "You know what he's here to do, drop big team. time." Mm-hmm. That, that's all it was, you know. Um, yeah. because I mean, I really felt bad for the guy in Denver because, um, man, what is wrong with me today? Uh, the Hall of Fame quarterback that's uh over Denver, um, Elway. Yeah, Elway. Elway yeah. couldn't stand the kid. Elway was like, "He sucks. He's a disgrace to quarterbacks." You know, he's he's you know, he thought he was an idiot. You know, but he but but Elway played along because I mean, if you look at it. When when uh, Tebow was with Denver, he was the number one selling jersey that that year of all players, all players. And and, and Lewis, I mean, because Lewis has always been a, a top Ray Lewis has been a top seller of jerseys, you know, for over the years because I mean his dominant play. But you know now Elway went along with it for a little bit for marketing, and I feel really bad for this. Kid. I mean, because don't get me wrong, he's getting paid, so let's not say he's you know dead broke. I'm not saying that, but. He is talented, and there's something to say for somebody, even if you uh, – because in any sport, I'd rather take a mediocre player that's got heart and that's got drive and that is, you know, listens and wants to get better, even if he, not, he may not be an elite co- uh, quarterback or a basketball player or whatever, mm-hmm. but he's down for the team and he's down for the organization. He's down to, to do whatever role he's asked to do. There's something to say for that, and I think that they – every team he's gone, you know, even if it may be an underlying deal – They've just thrown him to the wolves. I mean, they have not used him in any in any fashion at all. And see, that's a travesty. But I guess that that, uh, that unfortunately goes to say that's part of the business of sports. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think in Jacksonville, of course, it's a marketing ploy. 
Um, but it is his hometown, and I really do feel that if he gets a chance, he's going to try to show out. I mean, because he's actually from Jacksonville, or because, of course, he went to college down there. Um, and I, I really hope that something happens. I think that's his best bet. He needs to go to a team that's not in the highlight. You, you can't go to Denver. You can't go to New York and expect not to, you know, have every single day in the newspaper talking about you. It's not going to happen. Now, you go to Jacksonville, which is definitely a low-level football club that's struggling to even stay in that own city. Games. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and yeah, it, they, they can't fill out the stadium. Like you said, they, they don't have, you know, local broadcasting of their games. And if you bring Tebow down, I, I guarantee at least for one year, even if he has a terrible season next year, at least for that one year, you will see some people going to a Jacksonville Jaguar game for the first time in a long time. Sure. And if he does great, then holy shit, all of a sudden the, the Jaguars are back in the playoff talk again. And, you know, the people down in Jacksonville look like a genius. And if he sucks, then, well, we took a shot on him. So it's a, it's a win-win situation for Jacksonville right now. I think this is the best situation for him. But for Tebow, I really hope that he's not so beat up from the negative side of sports business that he's kind of able to get his head, you know, kind of back, so to speak, in the game and be able to produce. Because I hate to see – I mean, because trust me, what he did in Denver was not a fluke. I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to be playing like that every, you know, year, but he's got it in him to make those around him good. And I, I'm not – by no means am I saying he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I said that about Flacco. I'm not saying that about him. But I'm just saying that he has – there's just something, especially if you've ever coached any any type of sport, whether it's, you know, children or collegiate level or professional level, there's something that when you see a a kid or a person, you're like, man – there's just something about them that just makes them unique and makes them, you know, gives them definition for what, you know, sport they're in. And that doesn't come around a lot. Okay. He's definitely a, a talented athlete. I mean, whether or not he should have went into the NFL as a, as a quarterback, that leaves a lot to debate. I mean, the guy could have probably played a tight end. He could have probably been a fullback. Yeah. Or he's several positions he could have played. Uh, but he wanted to be – look at the, we did this at the University of Florida. I mean, he really put that football program on the on map. The map. The yes. Few years. Yes. So, he he's good for sports, and I think having a player like him, and he was talented, and he may not be elite, but he's he's definitely good enough to play in the professional level. It's just now it's just finding his niche, finding a place for him to to, to go. He needs that place, and once he's he finds it, and then you know it's gonna be very successful for him. He, he he may not make the Hall of Fame, he probably won't, but he'll you'll remember his name, you know, in yeah. twenty years from now, he'll be in conversation when they talk about him. For sure, and I think it's a good inspiration for a lot of. Younger football players, a lot of college players, it gives you the opportunity. That, yeah, I could play a college level, and I, maybe I can be the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. You never know. It's, I think, it's just, I think it was for anything. It really helped the University of Florida's football program, and I, and, and I think it, you know, I mean, we can't say he was making some money. He made some money. Oh yeah, being a, being a backup quarterback in the New York Jets, you know, you got paid. So, you know, I know it's not all for the money, but he didn't really lose. You know. Oh no, he 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 made plenty on endorsement deals, and I mean, you know, uh, so no, I'm I'm not crying, you know, poor mouth for him in any any situation. I, I'm more like, you know, and I, I'm not even believe it or not, as much as it sounds like I am a huge Tebow fan. I'm not even really a fan. I just there's certain things that I notice that it's almost from a business angle. It's like, okay, why as uh, management or like like per, per se Elway in Denver. Why the hell didn't you freaking take the kid up on your wing and say, look, you know, let, let's work on some things. You know, I mean, Elway said he did and said, you know, well, we're going to try to get him to where, you know, I can get him more maneuverable because left-hand quarterbacks, I mean, the only one that I've seen that's actually been worth anything before he got sent to prison was Vic. I mean, yeah. he's the only one that I've seen as a left-hand quarterback that's just phenomenal. It, it's just for whatever reason, the 
coordination when you're doing left and, and the way you have to move. You, you just don't get the same uh, type of, uh, of of stats, percentages, throwing like you do with, with the right hand. I mean, And maybe you see an Elway who has that raw talent who doesn't know how to coach that or doesn't know, doesn't think that there is anything to maneuver there. It's just you're setting your ways. I'm not going to deter you from that. And it, it, let's let uh, lying dogs lie and just cut them, get away. You're not, you don't fit in with our scheme. You know, it's not necessarily gave up on them. He's just like, hey, it's just not working out. You're not fitting in with our program. Take a hike. You know, go go fit in with somebody else that, you know, wants your scheme or something. Like and, that. You know what I'm saying? And when you have a Peyton Manning sitting out there looking for a team to play on, it's hard to say no to a, you know, a Hall of Famer. You know, it, it's, it's really, really hard to be like, listen, I'm going to have to pass on Peyton Manning so Tebow can continue being my quarterback. From a quarterback who's definitely proven himself in the past, you know. Oh, by I'm all sure means, you're already calculated before anything even happened. They already yeah. knew, you know. But, but but what I wanted to see is, and I guarantee, like trust me, let's let's say you know you know Derek Hefner is you know a very very good quarterback, not Hall of Fame yet. But then you know I must like for example this same situation. Look at San Francisco. They're dealing with it right now. The poor guy, Alex Smith, and I, I mean, I'm not saying poor because they're getting money, but I'm saying, you know, you're a starting quarterback, you're a face of the franchise, you get injured, you know, unfortunately, crap happens, Kaepernick steps in, and this kid, come, I mean, it's like, what, are we serious, you know? And I understand that, it, you, you know, as a starting quarterback, and, and of course, you know, as human beings, as men, you know, you don't want to take a back seat when you were the starter, but... Mm -hmm. But if, if my paycheck is not getting affected by this, I mean, because, of course, I did a deal for however many years, and we're doing kind of a switch. Now, Kaepernick's in the front. I mean, internal pride, do I really want to be a backup quarterback? Hell no. But mm -hmm. at the same time, it's kind of like, well, hold on, hold on. I, I mean, I'm part of something big here. I mean, you know, and it's kind of like not to ride the coattails. I, I'm, I'm a damn good quarterback. This kid is a damn good quarterback. You put that together and say, you know what? Uh, you know, I think I I, uh, I don't mind sitting off to the side a little bit, and you know, making sure that I'm I'm involved heavily. But let, let's go ahead and, and make this team better. Instead, he's going to Kansas City now, uh, Alex Smith, and I do not think that he is. Re, Andy Reid is not a um, kind of uh, take you like like you like we said with Elway. He's not a you know take you up under my wing. Let me let me kind of you know massage you a little bit and get you going because he didn't do that with Vic because he knew when he went when Andy Reid was at Philly and he went and uh, assumed Vic after after prison you know he just said look I know you can play you know and let, let's just get it done and you know we'll, we'll we'll work on things as they as they come but he didn't have to massage you know even Vic and I don't think that Alex Smith you're I'd going like to, to see, Kansas I'd like to see you massage Newport News Michael Vic uh, I couldn't <laughs> You know what's funny? This is no lie. Uh, I actually played football with Vic. I'm, I'm from. I'm, I'm originally from Virginia, and I played uh, Vic. Uh, I was a quarterback in high school, and yeah, I mean, of course, back then he was cocky as all get out. And but now, since he got out of prison, he's a. Uh, uh, I know. I still know people that know him. I haven't talked to him in a long, 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 long time. But his attitude has changed because that prison made him kind of like review things over. So if you're, if we're talking about. If we're talking about the Atlanta Falcons, Vic, oh hell no, you ain't got a chance in hell trying to trying to talk him to do anything. But now, yeah, I, I can definitely to, see. What do, to, what do you have to go on off of players coming out of Newport News, Latrell Sprewell, who will choke you if you tell him? Let me tell you this, uh, you don't mess because with them, I, man, you just don't mess with them. <laughs> well, no, here's the thing. What, you know what's I you know what's funny is that do amazing things with Alex Smith. I really do. I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. Um, 
it's just I'm not saying that Alex Smith isn't good. I'm just saying I don't think he's going to fit into Andy Reid's uh, scheme. At the can- I mean, it's Kansas City. I mean, they haven't done anything in a long time. Why, I mean, why, 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 why is Vic so much better of a player now? Because he was humbled by going to prison. He was humbled. He got something taken away from him. He's not the stud anymore. I, I take it away from you. you got to earn mm-hmm. it back. It humbled him. What do you think Alex Smith just went through? It humbled him to see his job go away and now him tossed to the side, franchise quarterback, tossed to the side. If that doesn't humble you, I don't know what will. I think Alex Smith takes this in stride and he does amazing things. You know what's funny? I don't think the unfortunate thing is Alex Smith isn't humbled. He's pissed off like he just got knocked out of a bee's bee's nest because he sees that how he was thrown to the side. Now, granted, now a lot of – some of this is what I'm seeing – um, from what you know, like you know, first take and a lot of the uh, sports center and all that. So I take it with a grain of salt, but I can't blame if the guy's like, "What the hell happened?" I mean, I got injured. You know, I mean, you know, crap happens. You know, Kaepernick came in and stepped in, did a did a fantastic job. But now I'm out of a job, and you know, I think that you know, Alex Smith by all means didn't want to stay. And, 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 and can I blame him? No, but at the same time, I don't think that management. Uh, really wanted to kind of say, look, let, let, let's really try to work together and let's try to like figure something out because you guys are two top-notch quarterbacks in this league right now. I think, you know, the whole back office, oh, well, no, Alex Smith is not going anywhere. Oh, no, we're not getting rid of him. And next thing you know, like not even three days after they set, they put that, uh, that uh, little explanation out, he was going to Kansas City. Does Kansas City make the playoffs this year with Alex Smith? on? Hell no. Hell no. No. Maybe. No. No. I don't think so either. See, it's Kansas City, I mean, the only the only two top moves they've made is – and I love – Andy Reid is a great coach. I think he's a great coach. You cannot take that away from him. But the only two moves they've really made is Andy Reid and Alex Smith now. That's it. Yeah. And I think the problem is that now they end up in the playoffs, I'm 51% leaning yes. But it's going to take some time to get the whole offense and defense under Andy Reid's – um, control and direction. I, I don't think they're going to be doing it for at least two or three years. And do you think now that, now that San Francisco has you know made their moves and they've set on their starting quarterback, do they still perform like they did uh, last year, this year, this upcoming season? Oh I hell yeah! Kaepernick's I, 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 raw talent. I don't think you can deny that he's he's amazing. And and if you can, if you're a defense and you're looking at that and you're like, oh. I got this kid. This kid's game down. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. Because he's gonna do something else. No, you don't. He's that type of player. He's Michael Vick. He's a game changer. He is. He's there to stay, and he's gonna do good things. And like I said, like just like the you know major leagues, uh, baseball. When you're talking about a pitcher who comes in and he does fantastic, the next year they figure you out. They know your technique. They know your tendencies, and they you know. And then you get pummeled. Your sophomore slump. You suck now. But you're still a good pitcher in that in the NFL with what he's got. You don't have a sophomore slump. You don't have that. We got used to you. He is sporadic. You don't you don't learn his scheme. There is no rhyme or reason to what he does. He just is a competitor, and he, he's going to win. It's going to be he's going to have a torn ACL next year. But that's about it. I think teams are going to watch out. I think the San Francisco Forty Nine is now what was the you know Indianapolis Colts or the New England Patriots or. Uh, uh, he'll, the, be, he'll be you know. he'll be a Derrick Rose. He will dominate because he likes to get up in the mess. But Derrick Rose, every if you didn't see Derrick Rose's uh, tear coming on his injury, 
see that coming on every time he crashes the paint. If you didn't see that coming, you're you're retarded. Yep. That's what Kaepernick's going to do. He's going to suffer a tear. He's going to suffer some kind of injury, and then he's never going to be the same. That's the problem with quarterbacks like Kaepernick. It's you, smart quarterbacks like uh, you know the the Mannins and the Bradys of the world, and the, even the Roethlisbergers to a point. Know that you have to stay in the pocket. Know that you're not going to survive in exactly. the NFL if you're. Name me one quarterback you know. in the Hall of Fame that is a running. It's true. Out of pocket guy. Uh, look at Michael Vick. He finished one complete season his entire career. There you go. And that's the way it goes. it. <laughs> He's too he's too aggressive and he's kind Well, but but that's something to be said though cuz in this conversation we're not talking about Griffin. You know, I mean and cuz he's he's a running quarterback. I mean, now granted, he doesn't do it as often by by all means, but look what happened to him cuz he ran out of the pocket because mm-hmm. of course now granted his line didn't hold on that one play and that knee buckled. I mean, yeah. and now you know cuz I think he is I I look him like uh, Tom Brady, uh, Roethlisberger, Vic, uh, Peyton Manning, all put together. I mean, you know, and phenomenal kid, but he's a little bit of a runner. Now, I'm not, but but the good thing, the only thing he has is that even at the same point in time, if you look at him and Vic, he can outrun Vic at the same age and the same you know uh, time in their career. Uh, he can outrun. Vic and everybody else, you know, in the NFL right now, faster than you can believe. Step back, and I'm, I'll put it on record. I love the Bulls to death. That's my Chicago team. But Derrick Rose will not perform to the level that is expected or the level that he was at. We'll never do it again because every time he's going to go into that, crash that paint, he's going to wince. And, you know, it's going to throw his game off. He's completely oh, – I think he's done. It honestly. is pure. It, when you talk about that, and I hope that doesn't happen to Griffin, but you know, if you look at Rose, it is all mental like, now. It is all mental because uh-huh. when you go to try to do something, you're going to be like, "Oh crap!" Last time I did yeah. this, you know, and that's yeah. all you're going to be thinking. That's all you're going to be thinking. Well, now so it changes. Talking- it, so, it, so it changes your whole dynamics of whether no, you know, football, basketball, whatever sport. It changes your whole entire, uh, you know, uh, play. Yeah, what well, was fluid is not fluid anymore. It's second thought. Yeah. Now that we're talking about basketball, here's an example. We're talking about that, Derrick Rose. Now, Chicago right now ranks number six in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they were, if the playoffs started today, they would play the Indiana Pacers in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, is Chicago really a 6D team? Are they better or are they worse? What do you think? I think they're better. I think they're way better. Um, but I, I, what, whatever it is, you know, and you, you, I, I put if you're going to give most of the credit of last year and the year before to Tom Thibodeau, I'm giving him all of the blame this year of not having as high caliber of a team, even without Derrick Rose. Like he comes back in, he's going to ruin the dynamic of the team, or he's going to he's going to offset them. They're so used to what they're doing. Tom Thibodeau. You almost got to say like a Peyton Manning came in and changed the Broncos into this elite team from a good team. Tom Thibodeau, you got to say, hey, you had Derrick Rose. You you know, you know, made it this far. Now you're not making it as far without. Are you really as good of a coach as we thought you were? Are you really, you know, are you up to coach of the year? Like, well. Tom Thibodeau is his own worst enemy. Here's why. It's okay. because he does not know what the hell he's going to do. And, of course, yes, he – and I do agree. The Bulls right now are in a little bit of a rhythm. Um, I saw the game just uh, night before last. Uh, Who did they play? Um, gosh, they were at home. Uh, but, anyways, I saw how Joaquin Noah – I mean, because Joaquin Noah, for me, has always been really up and down. I mean, he is a solid player, but he's yeah. never – 
He's never been super constant. You know, like one one minute he'll have a fantastic game. In fact, that game that I watched, he had a triple-double. Yes. That one game. And I was like, this is the, this is the Joakim. Because to me, I look at Joakim as the leader of the team when Rose is out. I mean, that, that's the role he should be taking. But unfortunately, I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say leader as much as biggest personality. Well, oh, definitely. You can't deny the personality. But the reason I say leader is because he does have the ability to put up up not only points but put up rebounds and to you know control uh somewhat of the tempo defensively and you know defense wins games mm-hmm. the problem is is that you know and the good thing about me being here in North Carolina I actually uh know of Boozer I actually used to train his brother who uh is that's a whole nother topic but um Boozer I'm disappointed in because he's not playing to his I mean he's playing okay he's not playing well um and I think what I'm speaking of right now, by all means, is what is in the back of, of Tom Thibodeau's head going, what the hell am I going to do? Because the floor general was Rose mm-hmm. and he, you know, brought everything together. You know, he could, he, I mean, when you get a true uh, basketball is my sport, when you have a f- true floor general, he is the extension of the coach on the floor mm-hmm. and they don't have that right now. They are playing. Okay. But I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's, it's calling into question that managerial position where we thought you were amazing and you turned this team around, but realistically, no, you just had a superstar who changed the outcome of the games. And, and and, I definitely agree with that. and, And right now, if you're big basketball guy, I'm not a huge basketball guy, but I can see what's happening. The heat are going to win everything forever. The, everything put the heat in the olympic games and they win the gold medal they're amazing i hate the heat i hate lebron but good lord you got to give credit where credit is due they are just if if not for a superstar they are they are coming together so well right now that they're they are unstoppable in miami 42 and 14 right now they lead the east by six and a half games over uh the new york Knicks, which is the second seed Mm -hmm. they're essentially uh the second best team in basketball, because right now the only other team that has a better record than them is the San Antonio San Antonio Spurs. Yep, yep. Which has his, historically been a a good team the last fifteen twenty years. I mean, they're always in the mix. They have really good players on the team, and they're very competitive. And they're hard to beat, especially in San Antonio. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder it's the second seed team right now in the West with the same record. Uh, they have two more losses than the Heat, but they have the same win record. Um, I could easily see a rematch of last year's uh, NBA final. Um, very easily. I mean, actually, hold on. Who did Miami beat? Was it Oklahoma City last year? It was Oklahoma no, City, they. Right? No, what was it? I thought it was. Man, that's pretty bad. In my mind. City. I really. Well, was it okay? Um, for some reason, I was thinking it was in San Antonio, but um, I, I don't think I don't think there's going to be a rematch. Here's why: is I love KD, and even though I hate Westbrook's attitude. They are two of the, of the best um, uh, of uh, duo, and in fact, I, I look at as far as how they play, not like necessarily every facet, but I look at KD and Westbrook as Stockton and Malone. I mean, as far as their the, the rhythm they get into and, and doing uh, and going forward. But the problem is, is that there is some kind of freaking mental block because they, I mean, ever since they went to OKC, they have been doing pretty damn well. You know, um, but it's all of a sudden like they, it's almost like they, they get to a certain level and I think they beat themselves. 
if that makes any sense. I, I think like if things don't go certain ways or of course, you know, to me, when you lose, you don't want to lose, but you look at that and go, okay, what the heck do we do and what can we do better? And it's kind of like, especially with Westbrook's attitude, I don't think he fully gets it. I mean, I know he wants to win and he's a great player, I can come but with there's you something. That, but you have to watch what they've done over the years and you could make that solid argument a couple of years ago when they were like a flash in the pan, they came out of nowhere and they, you know, they, they went into, they stormed into when the When they playoffs. went to Seattle, like, yeah. Everyone was like, whoa, 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 where did these guys come from? But that was a solid argument saying, all right, they just got, uh, you know, lucky or whatever it was, they're not meshing. They've... Uh, built upon that every year and they're just going farther and farther and farther. And I just don't see them dying out as, as easily as, as you think. I'm going to tell you what, no, I don't see, I don't think they're going to die out. They're going to be around for a while, but here's the thing, Oklahoma city. And I, and I'm going on, on record. They are the Buffalo bills back when they went to the super bowl three times. They are the Buffalo bills. <laughs> um, and, and what I mean is that the Buffalo Bills, I mean, not to switch real quick, but they were great. I mean, they, they made it to the Super Bowl. They were actually good. They yeah. beat themselves. Same thing here in OKC. Okay. I'm not taking away any credit from the numbers, from the uh, the actual team record. You know, I'm not taking anything from that. But the problem is if you intricately watch, because I also, I'm ex-military, so I was trained in human and voice analyzation. And if you look at body language with Westbrook, especially if he starts getting into foul trouble, or especially if the uh, refs are making some either no call, like no bad calls or they're making BS calls, Westbrook's whole mental dynamic changed completely. And I've seen games go by the wayside. I've seen them win some games, but it's been a very, very small margin. And that's what I mean by, you know, the, the team beating themselves. Um, now, with Miami, uh, I, I do agree. I, I uh, contribute because I think Eric Spolstra is an idiot. Uh, right. I, I, I give everything to Pat Riley. Pat Riley is a genius. He is one of the people that actually get it and form that team. And I think that Eric Spolstra, now you can say, oh, well, he's, you know, he's coaching the players. No, he is actually a puppet. He is told, I mean, he, he is able to actually coach, but he is not like, um, you know, Pat Riley himself when he coached or, you know, um, uh, what's his face out in uh, San Antonio, uh, you know, and uh, uh, the coach out in San Antonio. He, I mean, he's a coach. He's a yeah, Greg Popovich. He's yeah. he's the players' coach. You know, I mean, he he gets it. He has a rapport with the players, um, and I think yeah. that's why Miami Miami is going to be a um a a contender for a long time. Now, I I am a LeBron fan, but I will go on record as well saying the way that LeBron left and went to Miami was deplorable, was despicable. That scene he put on, even though I know it was a, a little bit ago, was BS. He, he he he's too good of a player to have done that, and I cannot blame the Cleveland area. Um, you know, being as hard and wanting to burn everything that's got James' name on it. Uh, but I do not blame James for leaving. I just don't like the way he left because I mean, the thing is now is that we talked with him baseball. These teams are trying to build winners. I mean, they're trying to put on you know shows and put on you know championship uh, rings and wins and all that. And I cannot blame teams for um, padding up players, you know, and building, you know, uh, doubles and triples and quadruples of superstar players. Um, I mean, if that's what it takes, I mean, you know, in the business of sports and money, if you got the money, hey, why not? You know, I mean, get all the players and buy them, you know, what you can. I said it when LeBron went to Miami. It was the worst move he could have ever made because if you go to Miami and you lose, you don't win a championship, you're a fool. 
if you go to Miami and you win, everyone's like, yeah, you were supposed to do that. Like, I don't give you credit. Like, I'm not saying that you took this team and you, you know what I mean? You did something miraculous. You were supposed to do that. So it was like almost like a, a lose-lose situation. So that's why I, that was the biggest reason why I disrespected LeBron for doing his move. So it was like, you don't win here. You don't take a team. Like, if you took the Cavaliers and you won a championship, it's like, oh, my God, did you, LeBron James took the stupid Cavaliers from no podunk town Cleveland. Yeah. And, championship and you're like that's amazing this guy is elite he goes on to the heat and it's like well duh you were supposed to do that that's the whole plan right <laughs> Just, yeah, the, the Miami Heat did a great job they didn't just get good talent they did very good marketing and they've made the Miami Heat basically what the Lakers are of the West it's a premier team yeah. everyone knows about them everyone knows all the players on the team uh, it, it, it's the powerhouse it's, it's intimidating to play them because of the names on the team and yeah. Like you said, they're going to be very, very good for the next few years as long as they can keep the team as a whole. Uh, the Boston Celtics attempted that a few years back. They got players late in their career. If they've done it earlier, they would have worked out better for them. They would have had a better team going into the future. But what Miami did was they take a bunch of young guys that have been playing for you know seven or eight years who have a lot of experience, who have a lot of talent, and they put them together. And now they, they form this. Now they have – I mean, Ray Allen's on the team now. I mean, they got a guy who's a guaranteed – you know, three-pointer. who's Clutch shooter. Yep. Absolutely. And it, they, they've just added components to the team to make them better and stronger. And I think in a seven-game series, it's very tough to beat the Miami Heat. But, but yeah. there's, something, there's something to say, though, because like, like you said, I mean, the, the proof is in the bag. You know, they got players that had a, a few years of experience but still had some years left. Boston, I mean, they got Garnett. I think, what was he at? Minnesota for like, what, was it 12 years? Or, yes, or Yeah. Yeah, it was like. 12 years and I'm like man I mean don't get me wrong get while the getting's good but you can't expect the the future of the franchise to to continue I mean just because they got a lot of senior player I mean they got you know uh before he went to OKC and and whatnot and and this is another thing I don't understand especially like with the whole Boston thing is why they let Perkins go he went to OKC he's a dominant force down at OKC um and they let somebody else go that I was kind of like just you know, what are you doing? I mean, you want to keep as much young or as youth, you know, much youth as you can on the floor. Um, and, and going back to OKC, I heard something the other day, and, and I found out that it was true. Um, I hope that Derek Fisher gets his ass sued by the Dallas Mavericks because he did something that was completely horrible. I'm not saying that I'm mad because he went to OKC. I'm mad at the fact of how he did it. And what he ended up doing is that he got out of his contract. He, he didn't put in retirement papers, nothing. He actually went to Mark Cuban and said, hey, look, you know, I have a family situation. I really need to kind of back away. And, you know, may I have the opportunity just to, you know, I'm sorry, you know, get out of my contract. And, of course, Mark Cuban, I mean, you know, he's a young guy and, you know, he's Mark Cuban. He's like, yeah, not a problem. If you're trying to take care of family stuff, you know, because uh, Derek Fisher has, I think, a, a child that has some kind of uh, serious ailment, which that's why he stayed in L.A. for so long because he was good, but he was uh, getting his child treatment. And then now all of a sudden, you know, a few months later, like three months later, he ends up in OKC's lap, you know, because they're on and hot right now. Yeah. And it's and it's like, come on. I mean, and what, what makes it worse is Derek Fisher is the, uh, the, the, what, the NBA uh, Players Association um, president or whatever right now. And it's like, how are you going to do that as a professional and did not give the courtesy. Now, if he would have went and talked to uh, Dallas and would have said, hey, do you mind if I do this out of courtesy? And then if there was whatever kind of banter or whatever, then he was like, well, screw this and I'm going. That's one thing. But he didn't even give the courtesy of saying, hey, you know, I'm technically 
kind of sort of but not really under contract with you guys, but you know, I want to make a move to to a team that I can finish fin- doing something with, you know, in the end of my career. Um, and, and that just goes to show, going back to the LeBron thing, I mean, uh, players need to be held to a professional standard, you know, I mean, by either the teams themselves or by the NBA, um, you know, and I'm getting really frustrated with the um, the, the refs of the NBA because, you know, I, I hear a lot about, you know, uh, it, it, what the NBA refs do and David Stern not controlling this situation. I've seen a lot of horrible um, just BS calls or no calls, and I hardly ever hear it, hear it really addressed. I mean, if I was David Stern, I'd have to take, you know, the refs and say, look, you know, I, I know this isn't a perfect, you know, world, but we need to try to – clean this up i mean because i have to admit lebron lebron is known for traveling i mean he doesn't get the call but you know and it's just stuff like this i mean we need to make the game you want to keep it going and you don't want to they say they don't want to call everything but i don't understand where the the medium is basketball's it's not very consistent with the calls any any all-star or or highly you know known play gets away with a lot more than you know in a third stringer off the bench does and that's just it's the way it has been in basketball. It's not the right thing. I mean, when LeBron can walk and take 15 steps before he gets to a basket and not get called for a travel, and it's obvious to everyone except for, you know, the fans of the Miami Heat. It's, 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 <laughs> They're it's, loving it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not right. And I think the basketball really should, you know, crack down on the consistency of their calls. And, I mean, as it is now, the refs of the NBA have a bad rep anyways from the history of Donahue's gambling yep. and all that stuff. I mean, it's it's... It's going to be a while until they have a solid, you know, they can solidly say that, yes, this is a consistent calling over the entire NBA. Um, but, all right, so just one more thing. We have a few minutes left in the show. Uh, I just want to get into something on, essentially on the basketball subject real quick and see what your opinion is. Uh, the Sacramento Kings leaving Sacramento, going to Seattle next season. Uh, they, they pushed in their papers. They tried to make it as fast as possible, and it seems that the 2013-2014 they will be up in Seattle. How do you feel about this? And do you think it's right for a team to say that they don't want to leave a city and then the next day pack up their bags and leave? I mean, my my whole opinion, I'm very mixed because I, I will say I give credit to Kevin Johnson, the mayor of Sacramento, because he's really been trying to advocate and really trying to talk to the NBA, of course, because he was a player himself and had that rapport. And, you know, I don't know. Of course, because none of us, unfortunately, have sat in these meetings or whatever, which I actually wish I was a fly on the wall because I don't know what was presented to uh, whomever as far as, you know, renovating or rebuilding a stadium uh, for the team. Um, And I know that's what it really came down to. But I have a problem with any human being, whether it's business or not, you know, saying one thing and then doing another. I'd rather somebody or or the entity say, you know, we don't have a comment right now. We're kind of trying to work through things, and and we'll just go from there. I'd rather that be said, even though it kind of leaves things in a gray area, than to say, oh, no, we're, you know, we're for the the city, and we love the city. And like you said, three days later, you're packing your bags like uh, what happened in the NFL with uh, the the Colts. Yeah, the Colts. Yeah, Yeah. they they get a couple 18-wheelers, and next thing you know, they're out of town. You know, I mean, I I just think that's that's just so disrespectful to, to the fans. I don't feel that way at all. I'm all about the almighty dollar. You know, you're not filling seats. Something's wrong. Regroup. If you think you can do it in the future, do it in the future. Don't let us suffer while you figure it out. We're going to move on. Well, I mean, the thing with that deal with that deal is the city was putting up supposedly. I don't know exactly what was was the ultimate 
uh, deal, but the city was willing to pay um, to kind of help subsidize and to kind of help because um, ticket sales had fallen. I mean, a lot of teams that aren't playoff contending teams, all their you know ticket sales have fallen. Uh, from what I had read and investigated and whatnot, it seemed like it was a uh, a sincere and decent deal uh, to try to you know, keep them to stay and try to work through something. So I, I could understand, and I do believe in the almighty dollar as far as like, if we're trying to come to the table as the sports team and you're not willing to do anything, then screw you. We're going off and, and, you know, regrouping. But if somebody's making legitimate moves to try to help, I kind of, I kind of find it hard that the team has been there for X amount of, you know, time frame to just be like, Oh, you know what? Screw you. We're gone. I mean, true. yeah. I mean, either way, it's, a, it's an interesting situation. It, it, it brings basketball back to the Northeast and at the same time, it it takes a, you know diehards that lived in Sacramento and who follow the Kings. Um, it's disappointing to them. I mean, when any team leaves, it, it's disappointing to the fan base. Well, uh, Seattle Seattle's been itching to get a team anyways because oh, yeah. now see now see Seattle now we could say anything about OKC, but see so a, a corner what I investigated with that is that the owner you know wanted you know hey can we work together and Seattle was like screw you and that's yeah. why he left. You know, they weren't getting that in Sacramento. That's why, I mean, you know, I know it sounds like, well, you know, Seattle left and went to OKC and this and that. And it's like, well, you know, the dynamics were completely different. But um, I just, I have a hard time. I have no problem with somebody rebuilding or trying to, you know, uh, revitalize a franchise. But Seattle's had their hand in the pot trying to steal a team since OKC left because they knew they had screwed up because OKC actually left. And that's what happens. And, um so that's about all the time we got right now. Thank you guys so much for coming on last minute. We appreciate oh, you uh, stopping. Uh, next week, it looks like we have uh, Steve from uh, Atlanta and Mike Smith. You're back on next week on the 9th. All right. Um, uh, we'll do a little more sports talk. Anything. Um, you guys, last minute, want to do any plugs real quick before we uh, sign off? Stop no plugs for me. Uh, just keep watching the Chicago sports teams and watch the Blackhawks just dominate. Best team in sports. Watch them dominate throughout this entire season. I don't think they're going to lose a game and just crush through the playoffs. And I, I can't wait to see another 2.5 million people celebrating in the streets of Chicago for the parade. There you go. How about you, Derek? Anything you want to play um, last minute? I mean, just, uh, you know, thanks for everybody watching and listening. Uh, you know, support the Wicked Good Sports Talk Show. Thank you for supporting us and, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, just hanging out with us. So thanks. Great. All right, guys, and thanks for listening. Um, you can get this uh, podcast on wickedgoodsportstalk.com in the show vault. And uh, until next time, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Thanks. What's up, everybody? Adam out here, here to fill you in with what's been going on in sports over the last week. In hockey, it looks like the Penguins will have to play without their star center and NHL MVP. Malkin was placed on the injury reserve after being hit into the boards full speed, snapping his neck back. He has suffered some short-term memory loss and was diagnosed with a concussion. In basketball, on Sunday, Kobe Bryant scored a game-high 38 points and became the youngest player to surpass the 31,000-point mark. Also, Carmelo Anthony will not be suspended for his Sunday night altercation with Spencer Hawes. In baseball, it looks like the Yankees are going to have to do without Curtis Granderson, at least until the first week of May. He suffered a fractured right forearm when he was hit by a pitch in his first at-bat in a spring training game. And in football, looks like Tom Brady has signed a three-year $27 million extension with the Patriots, taking him through the 2017 season when he will be 40 years old. The structure of his deal will clear $15 million in cap space this season. Well, while no trade in the NFL can be completed before March 12th, and although not complete yet, it looks like the Kansas City Chiefs are the front runners in acquiring Alex Smith from the 49ers. I'm Adam Mallet and that's what's been on my radar for the week. DJ ID84 Entertainment.
Why settle for an awkward, overpriced, middle-aged man when you can get Adi to DJ your parties? Lowest prices around. DJID84.com for pricing. DJID84.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hold on to your seats. You are about to engage in a listening experience unlike anything you have ever listened to before. Adult Entertainment Radio. Listen every Thursday night from 9.30 to 10.30 Eastern Standard Time here on Wikigood Internet Radio. For more information on Adult Entertainment Radio, check out their website at aeradioshow.com.